the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God's grace, mercy, and peace to Pastor Shower, to myself, to each one of you here. Circumstances of life that you bring into this sanctuary. God's grace, God's blessing, and God's peace. Last Sunday, I was seeing my mother down in Dallas, Texas, under hospice care. Last Sunday, I saw her for an hour, then she was tired, and I left. She slept. Monday, I saw her for 40 minutes. She grew tired. She slept. And Tuesday, my last day there, I saw her for 20 minutes. And the pain and the tiredness was evident. I said, Mom, you go sleep. You go sleep. My sister talked to me. She said, Paul, can you come back? Before the plane leaves, can you come back? Can you... Give her and me communion one last time. I said I would be pleased to do that. I said, Becky, when she wakes up, you call me. And I went over. We talked for a while. And then she said, do you have communion? I said, yes, I have communion. I said, let me share a devotion with you. There are four or five devotions I usually share the last time I see a person before they go to heaven, but I could not share any of those with my mom. Too close. I opened up the Bible and I said, God, let me see what I'm supposed to see. Let me see what I'm supposed to share with her. And what I opened up to was Mark chapter 4. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. Leaving the great crowd behind, they took him along as he was in the boats. There were other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boats. So there was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the back of the boat sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're about to drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Peace, be still. And the wind died down, it's completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why were you so afraid? Did you forget that I was in the boat? Why were you so afraid? When I saw my mother the second time on that day, she had a different blouse on. She had makeup on. Her hair was fixed. My sister told me later, she said, Paul, she said, make me pretty. I know it's the last time I'm going to see him until I get to heaven. Just make me pretty so the last picture he has of me is that I was pretty. She was weeping when I finished the devotion. I'll tell you why she was weeping. She said, Paul, how in the world could you possibly know that that Verse has been the most important verse in my life the entirety 
of my life. Because, Paul, whenever anything would come up and fear would creep into my heart, I would say to myself, remember who's in the boat. And I said, Mama, I have no clue as to why I shared that devotion, except once again, it is God. You're heading off to college this week, Minneapolis, Minnesota. You're the baby of the family. You are so close to your parents, there is a great sadness as you leave and go that far away. And I will say to you, Laura, remember who's in the boat with you. You're her parents. She's the last one in the house of four children. And when you drive back from Minneapolis, Minnesota, you're going to have a lot of tissue going through. And I'll say to you in the midst of that grief, uh, don't worry about your daughter. Remember who's in the boat. I read in the Tribune a couple of days ago that 75% of the workforce in America says that they work in a hostile environment. And I would say to every one of them, as significant as that is, you have to say to yourself every day, Before fear takes over, I'll remember who's in the boat with me. Eighty percent of the families in America live paycheck to paycheck. What in the world happens then when an $800 car repair bill comes? What in the world happens when you're up on the roof and you go back to your pickup truck and someone has stole $500 worth of tools? What in the world happens when something comes when you live paycheck to paycheck? It's a very, very real thing. I know it well in this congregation. But I will remind you, in the midst of that storm, lest fear overwhelm you, you must remember who's in the boat. It's a true story. Early 1900s, there was a steamer called the Sea Swan. And on board that steamer, there was one of the earliest of the Christian singing groups. They were called the Jubilee Singers. And those Jubilee Singers were heading up to the New England States for a series of concerts. Violent storm came. It was very brief, but it was very violent. And it set that steamer on fire. They got out of the boat, the leader of the Jubilee Singers. He puts a life preserver on his wife, and then he puts one on himself. And they jump into the waves. No sooner does she hit the water than someone behind her grabs her life preserver and takes it off of her, puts it on himself. She is left to the mercies of the waves. Her only salvation was to cling to her husband, and she did that ferociously. She hung on to him for some five minutes, and then she got close to her husband's ear and said to him, cannot hold on any longer. Waves are too strong. I love you. The weary husband said to her, but you must hold on. You simply must. You cannot let go. You cannot leave me. And the reporter who chronicled those events said that the husband began to sing the song you just sang. 
He began to sing Rock of Ages because in the dark waters and in the terror and grief of that moment, he could think of no other thing to do than to sing the words of that song, to restore himself, to give him strength and peace. The reporter said that as those words floated over the heaving waters and reached the ears of the faint and the dying, many were cheered and comforted. One after another, they raised their heads and they began to sing the words of that song. Many died that night, victims of the sea. Many others survived, their strength renewed until rescuers could come by the singing at intervals of that hymn, Rock of Ages. Why did it give them strength? Why does my mama have strength from that verse? Because when they were singing Rock of Ages, their minds were not focused on the waves of the storm. Their minds and their hearts were focused on the one of whom they sing. Rock of Ages cleft for me. Who is the Rock of Ages? Jesus. Why was he asleep in the midst of a storm? If you go to Matthew 8, you understand why he was asleep when a storm was raging. Matthew chapter 8 says he spent that entire day casting out demons out of many demon-possessed people. You have to understand one thing. When Jesus cast out uh, demons, it was a battle between him and Satan. It was not easily done. Whenever he cast out a demon, it wasn't like healing someone who was crippled or deaf or blind or lame. He was face to face with Satan. Mark 1.24, the man with the demon said to him, Why have you come among us? Have you come to destroy us? We know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus said to him sternly, Be still, keep your mouth still. He cast out many demons on that day in the evening hour. And then the rest of the day he was healing the blind, the deaf, the dumb, the crippled. And he falls asleep in the midst of that storm. And when he awakes up, he says to the disciples, Why were you so afraid? Did you forget that I was in the boat? I've said that many times these last four days. Paul, you forgot for a moment that he was in the boats. Rock of ages. The prophet Isaiah writes, Isaiah 32, And a man shall be as a hiding place. He's talking about Jesus, 700 years before Jesus ever born. A man, uh, Jesus, shall be as a hiding place from the wind. He shall be a shelter from the tempest. He shall be the rivers of water in a dry place. He shall be the shadow of a great rock in a dry and weary land. Hiding place, covert from the tempest, rivers of water, shadow of a great rock. As Jesus. Today, 90 degrees, heat index 96. What will you do when you head outside today? You head for the shade. As soon as you leave the air-conditioned house, family gathering in the forest preserve, you head for the shade. You go into the beach, you're going to head for the shade. 
Wherever you are today, heading for the shade. And what life brings us, we need to head for the shade. And that shade is Jesus, our Lord. He is two things. He is protection and he's peace. He's a strong and mighty one. None more powerful than he. But he is also the soft and gentle one. It's very rare to see in a human being someone who is strong and powerful, yet also soft and gentle. Very rare thing to see. Not so in our Lord. Strong and powerful, soft and gentle. He said, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me with your storms. I am gentle and humble in heart. I will give rest for your souls. Come to me. David wrote Psalm 61, 900 years before Jesus is born. He writes, lead me to the rock that is higher than I am. When I am overwhelmed... When I am overwhelmed by fear or hatred or anger or jealousy or shame or loneliness or hopelessness. When I am overwhelmed by anger. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And that rock was Jesus. You come to him, you'll be safe when you're living. You come to him, you'll be safe when you're dying. You come to him, you'll be safe when you celebrate the joys of life. And you come to him and you'll be safe when the trials of life come. Samuel wrote, second chapter, There is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like unto our God. There is no rock like unto our God. Exodus 33, Old Testament, 1,500 years before Jesus is born, God says to Moses, I'll put you in the cleft of a rock, and I will cover you with my almighty hands. What safer place for my mama to be? What safer place for any of us to be? Then in the cleft of the rock, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins, covered by him. I will say one last thing about this rock. He's a smitten rock. S-M-I-T-T-E-N. He is the smitten rock. You say, how can a rock be smitten? How can you beat a rock? How can you harm a rock? This rock was harmed. Bible says, Isaiah 53, he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, chastisement of our peace was upon him, with his stripes we are healed. My father, when he passed away two years ago, private conversation with him, he's a minister for 55 years, and he talked to me not as a son, but as a minister. And my father said to me one word that I shall never forget. He said, Paul, I often drift to wondering whether my sins will keep me out of heaven. And I shared with him Romans 4, 7 and 8, Blesses a man whose sins are forgiven, whose transgressions are covered. 
I shared with him 2 Samuel 12 after David had committed adultery and had Uriah killed. He confessed his sins to God. Nathan the prophet came to him and said, Because you have confessed your sins, they are forgiven. You shall not die. I shared with my father, Psalm 103.12, As far as east is from the west, even so far as God removed thy transgressions from thee. What is the one thing that would keep my mama out of heaven? Her sins. The rock was smitten that she might be saved. The Israelites wanted to stone Moses, their leader. They had no water. They were going to die. Moses called to God and and God said, go to the rock. Here we go again. Go to the rock called Horeb. Take your staff, strike the rock. And when you strike the rock, water shall come out of the rock and the people shall be saved. This rock was struck. When Jesus said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? This rock was shattered by our sins. And when Jesus on that cross said, it is finished, our sins were paid for. Three days later, he rises from the dead for my mother's Salvation for my salvation, for trillions upon trillions of people, their salvation. I close with Michael Faraday. Michael Faraday was one of the greatest scientists that have ever lived on this earth. And when Michael Faraday was on his deathbed, there were journalists around his deathbed. And to so brilliant an individual, they said to him, Can you speculate? That's the word they use. Can you speculate about your soul, about death, about whether there's life after this life? And Faraday, as weak as he was, said to them, Speculations! I know nothing about speculations. I am resting on certainties. And then this great scientist quoted from Paul's letter to Timothy, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. The faith of Michael Faraday was built upon the rock of ages. I had an engineer at the service last night, Steve Peters. And he came out and talked to me about Michael Faraday and how extraordinary this individual was. And how many things in the arena that he works are named after him. This great man. Newton, uh, Steve Peters shared with me, Newton was such a strong believer in the Rock of Ages. An aged saint who was entering eternal life, she heard someone whisper softly at her side, She is sinking now. And with a smile on her face, she said, I am not sinking. How can you sink through a rock? Do me one favor for your own peace and tranquility. 
in the midst of the storms that any of us are asked to face on this earth. Do me one favor, because I deeply care about you. Do what my mama does. Do what I now do. Whenever fear or hatred or anger or jealousy or hopelessness begins to overwhelm you, you say, oops, I forgot for a moment who was in the boats. And may God's peace be yours. In his powerful name, amen. Would you rise as we pray? Disciples asked for peace one day. Jesus said, If you have faith as small as a grain of mustard seed, you can say whatever storm is in your life, move, get out of my way. And it will. And it will. You can say to whatever mountain is in your life, and get out of my way, and it will. Because he is the rock of ages. And because when we're focused on him and not on the storm, we do then remember who's in the boat of life with us. And all of a sudden the fear leaves. And it's replaced by a feeling of his presence, his peace. And then we pray, Lord, grant me your love, your power, and your wisdom. And he says, so I shall, so I shall, in our Savior's powerful name, amen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.